This is episode 24 of The Focused Mindset. Today, you get to listen in on a candid conversation I had with nutrition specialist David Orozco. He's going to teach us so much about how to help our children have a healthy attitude towards food. But first, if you're a new listener, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the family-oriented content that we have here. So let's get started. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset, the focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. I am so happy to welcome our next guest on the podcast, David Orozco. Here, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be on. I'm really excited about your show. So I really appreciate you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about all of this stuff. So thank you. (laughs) This is my opportunity. One of the first opportunities we've had on the podcast for me to talk about a little bit about nutrition and a little bit about health and our bodies and how, how we can be healthy individuals. It's something that I am passionate about. But um, I'm excited because this is my first guest where I get to talk about that subject. So, oh, I'm you know, excited. So, yes, this is going to be really great because, uh, well, first of all, why don't you share with us a little bit about you, what you do, and uh, what's your area of expertise? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, what we call an RDN. And so what that means is that we, there is some rigor that's involved in that. We have to have, of course, a college education, but in that education, that piece, there's what's called the didactic part or the didactic practice in dietetics. And so that is one component. Then we have to have a um, postgraduate uh, degree or internship, and that's our supervised component. And we're uh, moving into a graduate level um, education. So that's what a registered dietitian nutritionist education and training is in. Then they have to sit for a national board, and then they have to have five years of continuing education. So they have to continue learning through those five years. And then we have specialties and certifications that go above that and beyond that, as well as advanced level career as well. So that's where I am. I've been a registered dietitian nutritionist for 15 years. Before that, I was, believe it or not, a travel agent. I ran my my family's travel business, but I had a degree in biology. I thought I was going to be a doctor or a scientist, and it didn't work out that way. And so um, five or no, sorry, eight years after all of that, I decided to go back at my master's, became a dietitian. And uh, I decided to start a podcast this past January, 2020. And I've been loving it because one of the things I feared was I wasn't really reaching some of the people that I needed to reach. And I thought that that was very, very important. And uh, I love doing it. And my approach is an anti-diet, compassion-driven approach to nutrition which means that I'm helping people build a positive relationship to food. 
as well as making peace with their bodies so that can so that they can transform so that they can live a very what we call healthy life but a very fulfilled and positive wellness of a life yeah that that, <laughs> that sounds so amazing if we, you. You know, to, to be able to have that as a goal to be able to have that positive mindset about food is something that it gave me peace i felt peaceful just listening to you talk about it that's where we need to be you know yeah um, but what's the name of your podcast yeah thanks so the name of my podcast is called one small bite and it is uh i have taglines uh so it's one small bite chop the diet mentality fuel your body and nourish your soul and i say that in every podcast and i believe that wholeheartedly that those are the three foundations of what i believe nutrition is all about it's you you don't live a diet diets are not there you want to fuel your body your body has needs right it needs alimentation it needs nourishment from certain ingredients from foods from minerals and vitamins and nutrients in all areas and you need to nourish your soul too and to me eating is about enjoyment eating is about social interaction eating is about enjoying candy as well as vegetables it's about eating uh, drinking water as well as enjoying a little alcohol so it's a combination of all of these areas and that's where the whole nourishing your soul is it's a complex area but you get the gist more or less <laughs> yeah but it, 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 when you really think about it though it it's simple too you know it's, yes. it's, it's more, much more simple than you realize to think that why have we mucked this all up with eat this program eat this do that you know what diet are you on i don't know what diet are you on how long did you stay on that diet like that seems far more complicated to me <laughs> It is. It is so much more complicated. But I know so many people want to be told what to do. And the reason they want to be told what to do is because they've been taught not to trust themselves. They've been taught you've got to do it this way or you've got to do this in order to reach this goal and not really understanding why they need to do it that way. It's like I tell a lot of my clients, look, I may be an expert in nutrition, but I'm not the expert of you. And it's my job to help you become the expert of you, to learn how to trust yourself. And it is simple, but it certainly isn't easy. And I love that because if it were easy, then everybody would be doing it. <laughs> and what I do, I love because it is complex. Everybody has a relationship with food that they, they think about. You know, every single day they're making choices of what to eat and choices of how they're going to live. And, you know, for you to help that person that's been struggling for the longest time and just needs to unlock their potential, yeah, what right. are the results that you've kind of, what, what are some of the things you've seen that's been rewarding for you? Oh, you know, it's so interesting you say that. Uh, to me, the simple things, uh, so rewarding to see a client have an epiphany where they have a little light bulb and when they have that aha moment, I'm like, oh. I got them. <laughs> yeah. I, I got it. And sometimes it doesn't happen while I'm doing my session with a client. Sometimes it happens when they go and they practice whatever it is that we decided to work on. Mm -hmm. um, and give you one example. One client just recently told me that she had a situation at home where her son was asking her a question, but she was multitasking, doing like five or six different things. And then she remembered somehow that, wait, she needed to listen to her son. 
and her son was saying something to her about her hunger. She then said to me when we got back to our session, she said, David, you know, you've said something to me before about listening to the subtleties, those small little things in life that are are so easily overlooked by how busy we are. And when you said it, it I, you know, I, I understood it intellectually, but it didn't really register until that happened with my son. Mm. And when that happened to my son, what ended up happening was that, oh my gosh, she became, I, I was listening to those little voices that were yeah. so important that I wasn't listening to because I was, was looking for the big change in my life. And when she said that to me, I got goosebumps and, oh. I, oh my gosh, a big aha, a big epiphany. And, and that just felt so good. So I look forward to, to those small rewards. Yeah, I, I love the way you're allowing people to notice the small things that are happening that actually end up having big results. Because, oh. yeah, because that small remembrance and that conversation with that is going to be in their memory in any other situation that they'll come up with. A lot of it has to do with the mind and body connection and being aware of all of that. Well, 100%. I mean, it's that mind-body connection. Again, that's what I mean by making a positive or relationship with food, making peace with your body. It is being interceptively aware, listening to what your body is telling you. I mean, you're not going to hear your body tell you, hey, you need more calcium. No, <laughs> you're, you, you may have to deal with some weakening bones oh, okay, wait, yeah, that I may need to change my body that way. Or you might be getting really, really tired in the day and you don't understand why. Well, maybe your blood sugars are starting to go up a little bit and your body is just um, using up too much of its energy. And so you need to fuel yourself efficiently. Or your, your pee is, is dark yellow and it's your body's way of telling you you're dehydrated. So it's kind of those basic areas, but it's also the emotional stuff. You know, wow. we, you mentioned something a little while ago, that emotional relationship is very, very important. We make decisions with food emotionally first. Our decision with what we're going to choose to eat is emotionally driven. And a lot of that is very, very, very rapid. So you don't, you're not aware of that. And so this is why I go back to that, that example from that client. It's a matter of slowing down to be able to hear those little nuances to go, oh, wait, I'm doing something that I've always done before. So it's so familiar. I also call that in my book that I'm writing, the autopilot syndrome. And this is where people are just stuck on a one, two, three momentum, go, 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 go. And what's happening is that it's driven by emotion because emotion comes first and then thought comes second. And so that's the connection that I'm trying to get to. It's impossible in our day to avoid the fact that sometimes it's just one thing after another. And the concept of being able to stretch out that and say, well, what actually happened in that interaction? What might have you missed? And what might be more helpful? And all of that is really great that you go through that. That's, that's definitely the emotional side. I, I eat that stuff up, obviously, with my feelings. <laughs> but um, that, I can see that helping a lot of people. And... I have a situation, I have, I guess I'm going to put you on the spot yeah, <laughs> because ahead. I have a memories that are popping up in my mind and I think you might be able to give me some insight. That would be amazing. Happy um, to. And it, I guess it's just maybe my mindset towards my daughter. My daughter was a uh, synchronized swimmer growing up and she got all the way to the national level and it is an amazing, interesting sport that uh, I was so happy to be a part of with her. Um, 
but the coach that she had was very damaging in the way that they dealt with food with her. And at one time, she was at practice, and you're talking about a national, she swims all day long. She, she's, not a, she's not an overweight individual by any stretch of the imagination. And the coach had all the girls lined up, and when they got to her, she squeezed her little tiny bit of belly fat and said, uh-huh. what is this? She said, this is at least a couple inches in my hand. What is this? And when she came back to the car, I mean, she had her entire practice. And when she came back to the car and told me that, I was mortified and so angry inside. But that was her mindset. She was the head coach. And her mindset was that those kids needed to be aware at an early age. They didn't need any of that fat on their body. And um, that stayed with her. That when they went and they went to uh, events, they were not allowed to eat anything on the menu except for what was approved by the coach. And the kids would sneak little packets of uh, creamer in their pockets and freeze it in the hotel freezers just to be able to have a little bit of sugar that they wanted to taste. And sadly, it and she knows this. It really changed her relationship with food in such a huge way that when she stopped doing synchronized swimming, um, she's sharing with me the concepts that you have. I'm not, I can't wait to share with her your podcast because she's like, "Mom, I need to change my relationship with food. I, I, I can't look at it like that. I, you know, it's so unhealthy." And what are some tips that? And she's working through it. She's she's work. She, you know, like I said, she now she's done with college. But what are some things that you might tell her? They can help her on this journey of reframing um, all of those negativities that were given to her over all those years about food and her. Well, you, well, you said it. I mean, it's reframing it. That's that's the first area is um, reframing it. Actually, no, that's not the fr- first area. The first area is first becoming aware that you are thinking or feeling that, um, understanding where that feeling is coming from. What that coach did is what I consider a micro T in life, a micro traumatic event. And that's very impactful. Um, I'm going to digress a little bit and tell you that that's what happened to me at one time too. I was dating this girl and I wouldn't say dating, but we met up and we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And I think we were going to the pool or something. So I took off my shirt to get ready to go to the pool or something. And she goes, Oh, and I, I went, what? And she said, I thought you were more cut up than that. And I thought, oh man, oh, and then I wanted to put my shirt on. And so yeah. you realize, but those are micro traumatic events in our lives that really have an enormous impact on what we then start doing going forward. That was one piece of what propelled me into an eating disorder that I had, which was called orthorexia. So one of the first and most important things that I do with clients is have them become aware of what they are feeling and to help them understand that what they are feeling is important to recognize. I like what Brene Brown says. She says, name it, normalize it, and then you can work on it, right? Lower expectations and work on it. And that's so important. So we gotta name what it is. You've gotta name what you're feeling. And a lot of times people don't understand that, especially men that I work with because men tend to really do not know what their emotions mean, what their emotions are. They don't understand their emotions. They're taught to really suppress it a lot because that's not what a man does. So it gets a little, a little more complicated getting through to some of that. 
So building that awareness, naming it, what is it, what's going on? And then one exercise that I do with a lot of clients is I ask them, okay, now that you know what you're feeling, what is it that you need? So in this way, they start recognizing, oh, okay, I need something from this, or what is it that you want? And then I ask them, okay, so then why do you want it? So I go through those three steps, right? What is it that you're feeling? Name it. And then I ask them, okay, why, what do you need in order to change that? And then why? And then once we figure that out, then we're able to go, okay, now we know what needs to happen. So let's start working on that. There's, a, there's an exercise that I work on that's very similar to that. Um, that I use that's called the pausing exercise, or I call it the pausing exercise. And I actually take this from counseling. And it is a lot of times when clients are, it's kind of like what you were saying a little while ago, a lot of the other swimmers were sneaking in food. That is so typical. If you look at a lot of bodies of research, especially around the world of eating disorder, which is a lot of what I specialize in, there is a lot of sneaking of food. And what, what often happens is in this diet mentality, it's the forbidden fruit phenomenon. Oh, that's a tongue twister. It's a forbidden fruit phenomenon where we want to get what we're not allowed to have because now we really want it. Well, why can't we have it? And so what we find is that this pausing exercise allows us to really hone into that relationship. And so I often tell people, look, if you are desiring a Kit Kat or a Snickers bar or a chocolate or candy or a cracker or chips or whatever, whatever it is that you think your deem is not healthy for you. What I tell them is give yourself 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, if you still want it, have it, just go ahead and have it. But when you do have it completely mindfully, in other words, remove all distractions. Don't have the TV, don't have your smartphone, no social media, no computer, none of that. And then when you do that, really pay attention to what you are eating. So savor it. Understand what you're feeling. Go through what I call the mindful eating approach, right? Hone in on that. And whatever you learn is what you learn. And I tell them, look, this is not the uh, ax that's going to chop the wood. What this is, is it's going to chip away at a little bit here. It's the, the uh, Michelangelo's David. <laughs> I'm using that analogy, right? You're, you're chipping away, but you're seeing the finished piece in advance, but you don't chop it in half. You chip away at it little by little. And that's what this does. It chips away at it a little by little bit. And what it really does is it really brings up what it is that I'm feeling around this. And a lot of times when people do this and they practice it, if they practice it, when they practice it, they start recognizing that whatever it is that they were designed, desiring to eat or they were tempted to eat or they were um, having cravings or urges to eat, after a while, it's not that big of a deal. It becomes unimportant. In fact, I had one client when, when we did this several months after doing this and practicing it over and over again, she said, you know, David, I have to admit to you that I have sworn you a couple of times because now I don't, I don't remember what candy it was that she said, but now I, I don't like this candy and I hate it because it used to be my, my go-to. It used to be my, and now I don't have it anymore because it's not fun anymore. I just, you took away the fun of the candy. I'm like, Oh, I did, huh? <laughs> I'm proud of myself. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's that, that's kind of the thing is uh, recognize what it is that you're feeling, name it, and then 
okay, what is it that I need and then why? And then, okay, now let's go through some steps on how we start uh, changing that. And then you got to practice it. And then let's come back and let's figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. That's great. I'm writing notes. This Good. is because, you know, um, it's, it's really easy to say, oh, I need to change my relationship with food. I had something really awful happen and, and to recognize that that happened and now it affected your entire way that you approach food is completely different than having some type of formula that you can, you know, it seems too hard to even figure out how to un, unwind that in the mind, you know, and, um, and I'm watching, when I'm watching this through my daughter's eyes, um, I become so proud of her for being willing to do that work that's so hard when she really was very damaged by that mindset. So, um, so I think that you probably do a lot of cheering along the way and a cheerleader for these people that are doing hard work because it is not easy. No, no, I have several eating disorder clients and the body shaming that we have in our society with all the diets and the um, privilege that we have in a thinner body it doesn't translate. And so we're looking to look like and belong to something else. And people come in so many shapes and sizes. And so much of that is so beautiful. People don't recognize the beauty of, of different, of how we look different, how we feel different, how we act different. And that is so important to be able to share as a community so we can bring that beauty into the forefront. But we live in a very monochromatic or monoculture idea of what it is to be healthy. It is a thin white woman or a buff white man. And that's just not reality. I'm not a white man, I'm a Latino man. You know, I wasn't born in the United States, but I love the culture that I'm in as much as the culture that I am. And yeah. so it's understanding that there isn't a black or white to all of this. There is that nice funky middle and that funky middle is that beauty that we really want to tap into. I often tell people that you look, looking for perfection is a lost art. It is not something that you're going to be able to find because the imperfect is what's perfect. Those little flaws or those big flaws are not flaws. Those are beauties. Those are ways of your body responding to what's going on in your life. And so building a positive relationship to food means understanding that your body has needs and wants, and you can't ignore either, as well as you can't focus on one or the other too much too, so. Yeah, and I love the way you talked about um, basically having, a having the ability to look in the mirror and say, this is me, and it's great. Yeah, absolutely. That but it's so encouraging to hear it from you who's seen so many of these things. This is brand new to me of that. This is actually a healthy process to I, first begin to just simply be happy in the skin that you're in. You know, that's, it can right. be harder than you think if you've been through something, uh, a micro, whoa, micro, a micro. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's also very important to understand that as parents, we don't realize how much we project ourselves onto our kids. And what often happens is that children learn through modeled behavior way more than they learn by what you tell them to do. And that what is not said is really loud and you don't realize it. So for example, if a parent is always dieting, what the child is going to possibly think 
is that I'm never good enough. I'm um, never enough. I'm not sufficient. Or if the parent is um, very perfect or type A, what the child is learning is I'm going to have to have a lot of things that I do to show my parent that I'm like this. And a lot of that happens through osmosis. It doesn't happen with, you know, you tell a child this, that, and the other. So I often tell um, a lot of clients that I work with that what we're doing is we are modeling what is in our cup. And I, I go to this parable that a client actually told me about. She said, the parable goes, and I'll paraphrase it, whatever is in your cup is what's going to spill out. So if you have coffee in your cup and someone bumps you, that's what's going to spill out. It's what you choose to put in your cup. It's what you choose to live by that's going to spill out. And I remember another therapist once said, hurt people hurt people. So if someone bumps you, rattles you, upsets you, frustrates you, what's going to come out is what is in you. So frustration, anger, uh, discontentment, uh, not loving yourself, or is it going to be gratitude, love, peacefulness, happiness, enjoyment? And all of this comes through small little changes that we do over time. And that's, again, that's one of the reasons why I call my podcast One Small Bite. And the book that I'm writing is called One Small Bite as well. Well, we have a lot of parents listening. This is a family podcast. Yeah. And uh, that, that, let's, let's dig a little bit into what you had said about how uh, our actions and not only our words shape what's going on with our child. I think that's a really important thing to pause and consider because as, uh, as parenting goes, a lot of times we are on automatic pilot and a lot of times we do what was done in our um, world, you know, how we were raised, it comes out and the way we're preparing food and the way that we're approaching our meals and the way, whether we're on the run or whether we're sitting together, all of those are things we don't plan. It just kind of happens. And I, I would love for you to elaborate a little bit on how parents might um, consider their approach to their children in order to really help them to have a good relationship with food and health. Well, first it has to start with them. I don't think it's a good idea to approach your child or fix your child unless you're able to look at what you're doing and how it is influencing your child. You know, I'll pick, piggyback on what you said the choice that you make for eating something is heavily influencing your child in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. You know, I always tell people, this is the food that you were raised on. This is what you, you know. If you were raised in a different family, that's what you're going to be familiar with. Let me give you another example. I have a client who is really a go-getter and um, he's a corporate um, C-suite type of uh, uh, job. And so he's CFO or something like that. And uh, um, he has a very strong work ethic and he gets home. And one of the things that he often does, this is my style and a little cliche. He gets home and one of the things that he does is the first thing he does is sit down and he has his drink, right? And so he has his drink and I remember him saying to me, you know, it's so funny. I, I usually sit down and have my drink as soon as I get home. And everybody knows that nobody can bother me at that point. But my daughter comes up to me and she's about eight years old. And, and she comes up and she's kissing me and she's 17 now. And one day she said to me, um, oh, yeah, it's the bourbon breath. Oh. And, 
And he thought, wait, what? And, I, and he said, because we were talking about habits yeah. and things that we're doing. And I said, did you notice that your daughter remembers the emotional feeling she was having from your breath? And not that you are sitting down and relaxing, but now that's tied into how she has to relax. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow. And so those are the kind of behaviors that we want to start looking at. That's a little far, a little more drastic maybe, but you know, it's like as simple as um, I'm going to go through the drive-thru and I do that every time I pick up my kids from school. And so what that's sending a message is, is that I don't have time for you. And so I'm going to cook. Now, I don't want to blame parents. I'm not saying that what they're doing is wrong. Every once in a while, I'm frazzled and I have no time. I'm going to go and get fast food. That's just going to happen. I get it. That's not a bad parent. A bad parent is consistency, is when you're doing the same thing over and over again. That's sending the message that, oh, okay, this is how I eat, or I'm not important. You don't know what the message sometimes might be. And so we need to unravel that a little bit by paying attention, slowing down and paying attention to that. Like my client that I mentioned a little while ago, slowing down, listening to her son and realizing, wow, I'm multitasking. He is learning that that's how you have to live in life. You have to be constantly busy. Yeah, and it is interesting because it's not, even if you have been doing that, as I did for all of raising my daughter, I didn't care. I didn't think anything about what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, it's just when you know better, you're going to do better. So it's not as if what you've been doing is necessarily bad or good. It's really just saying, oh, now I'm aware. I'm aware of a different, I'm aware of this, and now I can change that. You know, is that, that's kind of what I, I feel like a lot of us parents are constantly doing is becoming aware and then seeking to, uh, what change do I need to do to follow up with that? 100%. It's like Kristen Neff, who wrote the book, Self-Compassion talks about mindfulness as one of the three pillars to self-compassion. She talks about um, self-kindness, mindfulness, and shared humanity, shared experience. And in mindfulness, she talks about awareness of awareness, being aware of what's going on, being aware and slowing down and saying, oh, wow, I'm telling my child that uh, you have to be busy in a lot of different areas in order to succeed in life, or I don't have time to cook, so we're just going to make anything. And, and does the child learn that that's how they're supposed to eat or that's the way they're going to eat? A lot of times when I work with picky eaters of children, one of the things that I often tell their parents is, what is it that you're doing? What are they noticing that you're doing? And so a lot of times I'm really working with parents, not the child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm learning a lot from listening to you. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I still have my little one, and uh, it's very applicable. Everything you're saying is extremely applicable, and I think that's why it's working so well in your world, because you could get to see the change, but also these are the things that we think about every day. These are things that we, we make these decisions all day long without even thinking about it. Without thinking about them. Yep, that's exactly right, because you don't know what you don't know, or you don't know what you're not aware of. And so that's why, to me, awareness is one of the first pieces of the puzzle. Now, you can't change everything because you're aware. You got to work on it. <laughs> but yeah. awareness is the first piece. I mean, you got to get to that first. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think things have changed a lot due to um, the way things have changed in our world, right? And we can touch on that for a minute. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by Mixy Fit. I first discovered Mixy Fit over COVID, 
and I quickly fell in love with the mix of full body Pilates and dance inspired workouts. I am so excited to partner with MixiFit. They're offering my listeners $25 off the first month of unlimited live group and on-demand classes. Go to www.mixyfit.com or just click the convenient link in my show notes below. And at checkout, put in my code Focused Mindset to get the discount. Now let's get back to it. And some of the habits that people have picked up have been wonderful in their lives. Like you hear about a lot more people that are eating meals together and spending time together. But as we're moving back into a little bit of sort of normalcy, (laughs) um, I'm just now thinking there's probably, it's probably a good time for parents to reflect upon the things that they want to keep maybe that they started doing or the things that didn't work well. And um, I don't know, that that kind of makes me think of your process that you have with the C's and that type of thing. I mean, can you give us some tips as far as how parents might reflect on this and move forward in these times? Yeah, well, so the four C's are curiosity, compassion, commitment, and consistency. And they're all intertwined, all interconnected. I find that compassion is a big one. When I mean compassion, I mean that, again, you go to that self-kindness. Self-kindness means you prioritize yourself. And so during COVID and being at home more and spending more time with your family, so let me digress a little bit and say, unfortunately, I don't think it was long enough because the six months that we did have to be at home while was very, very difficult. And I am not trying to say that we need to go back to that. But what I am saying is that it's not nearly enough time to change decades of habits that have set in so profoundly. So it is a time to reflect, like you said. And so compassion allows that. It is an opportunity to prioritize what is important in life. Being able to sit down and have a meal with your family, I always tell this to people, you are filling yourself with more than food. That is the nourishing your soul in my podcast. You are fueling yourself with more than just food. You are sitting down and enjoying a meal with the people that you truly love. And that may not sound like you're prioritizing yourself, but it does. It is because you're fueling yourself with more than just food. And so that's one big piece is can we take that to this next stage, whatever that next stage in this pandemic is? Can we slow down and really stop and think, do I need to do that? Is that something that I have to do? Um, I'll give you one example. Today, on my Fridays, I usually take off and I work. I work really, really hard and I update my podcast and I do editing and I do emails and I catch up with business, like back office stuff. And so I said, hmm, you know what? I need to spend an hour with my daughter in her school. And so I went to my daughter's class, which is online here at home, and I sat down with her and I worked with her and I started realizing things that I didn't see. I was seeing what, the, what she was seeing. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. That's what she was learning. You know, we'd sit down for dinner and we would ask her, so how did your day go? You know, we're all looking for wonderful ideas, but it's like if she were to ask us, how did your day go? And I'd be like, oh my gosh, well, where do you want me to start? You know? So what I did was I wanted to spend a day in her shoes in her life Mm. or at least an hour. Yeah. And that happened because I sat down at dinner and it made me curious. Oh, wait, 
oh, let me try this. And so then I became committed to that. And so every Friday I spend an hour and we work through some of the things that she's not understanding online. And so food, that's, that's where it is. I mean, by doing something with food, it had ripple effects in other areas. And that's where that, if I'm committed to one, it's gonna affect other areas in my life. And then the consistency comes with it, right? So that's where those four C's come that I talk about in the book that I, that, that's gonna come out soon. Yeah, that's very applicable. And it is really important because um, we don't really know exactly what we actually have the capability of shaping what this next chapter looks like for us as we get back into things and it's still very odd with the masks and the distancing and all this type of stuff maybe we can look at it as an opportunity to shape what we really want our meals to look like and our time to look like and that kind of thing right right absolutely uh, so uh, i'll go into something a little bit more specific too so I often tell people, look at what you're doing in regards to your eating. What is your eating pattern like in the day? And so what does that say about you? And so that's what you would want to change versus, oh, I got to eat more fruits and vegetables. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. That's the what. But you got to understand why you are doing that, right? Why don't you eat more fruits and vegetables? Oh, I don't get in enough time to go grocery shopping. And then it becomes a habit or they tell me, oh, the fruits and vegetables don't last very long. They go bad. And I say, okay, so this is what's going on. This is what we need to look, look at. Okay, that's, what, those, that's a skill set that we need to change. All right, so what, all you need to do is shop for apples and oranges, which are going to last you two or three weeks. And just start with that. Or, oh, I don't eat vegetables. I'm like, okay, well, what vegetable do you eat? Tomatoes. All right, well, then that's what we are going to start with. Tomatoes. <laughs> all right? And then the reason why the podcast and my book is called One Small Bite is because it all stemmed from my daughter. All we tell her most days of the week is, look, all you have to do is take one small bite, try it. And if you don't like it, don't worry about it. But we are consistent. And so we're always introducing the same bite, the same food that she doesn't like over and over and over and over again. And so it's like your example in your second episode on your podcast about singing the song over and over again and saying, hey, we need to pick this up here. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what we do with my daughter. Oh, well, yeah, you didn't like it last time, but mm, I don't know. Maybe this time it tastes better. Or, hey, remember, you get hungry later on if you don't eat this. I don't know. You might have to eat it. You know, and so we give her the opportunity to grow on her own, to learn, to take ownership of what she's doing. And that is the exact same approach that I have with clients and their diet. Look, it's not that you have to add fruit and vegetables. It's okay. How does it feel to add this one? And where can you add it in that way? Oh, okay. That's, that's important. And okay. Does it help? If it doesn't help, then don't eat it. Don't right. have it. Move on to something else. Right. That is, that's absolutely, that's great. And that works on the smallest form. You know, that's just something oh. you could do. I, I, you know, that's something that somebody could do this afternoon, you know, this, this evening, you know, it doesn't take, yes, immediately. So that's really great. Well, I am so, uh, I, I, I'm so glad that we had this conversation also to fill me up. So I so appreciate this very much. And I really want you to share, like, how can my listeners find you? They've got to know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So my podcast again is called One Small Bite. You can look at it wherever you or listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, again, One Small Bite. My website is TD Wellness. So it stands for my name and Trisha's name, my wife. So Trisha David Wellness, TD Wellness. 
you can go to tdwellness.com. And I'm on Facebook with the same TD Wellness and Instagram. I'm at David underscore TD Wellness. So you can look for me there. And I've got some great information on that pausing exercise. So I can give your listeners a nice little handout, a download. If you go to onesmallbite.net slash parenting 2.0 or 2.0, they can download that for them. It's free, no charge. So they can get that same exercise. That is amazing. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So you guys, uh, to get to the show notes, all you have to do is just scroll down from where you're at on the podcast. Some people are like, well, where are these mystery show notes? (laughs) Uh, When you're actually on this episode, you're listening to right now and you scroll underneath it, um, there'll be these helpful links and I'm going to include that link and I want people to go get it because that, uh, that pause exercise is going to be really helpful moving forward. You bet. Absolutely. I look forward to having that for you. So thank you so much for being my special guest today. And I look forward to lots more connections that we're going to have as we move forward in the, in the future. On the contrary, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate this. I love doing this for other podcasts, podcasters. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. So much wonderful information there, right, guys? Don't forget to look in my show notes and download that amazing giveaway that David is giving us for absolutely free. You're going to be able to be reminded to pause and practice pausing to make sure you're moving forward with your nutrition and all of your habits in the exact way that you want to and for the right reasons. And also in the show notes, you'll see a link for the Big Life Journal. The Big Life Journal is my affiliate partner. And when you buy from the Big Life Journal and the products from me, you're supporting this podcast. And I am so thankful that you won't regret it because the Big Life Journal helps your child learn resilience through writing down their thoughts and feelings and reading inspiring stories and also learning what it means to be a confident child in our society today. And look at the other links that I've left because you're never alone with the focused mindset. You're going to learn how to join our focused mindset community. And right there, you'll also know how to contact me so we can always be in conversation. And how about we all go out and practice pausing this week. So when we walk forward, we know the reasons we're doing it and we go out with purpose. So until next time, keep in touch and take care.